Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett, listening to the Daily Halacha Kabbalah and Machshava podcast series from Yisod Blocks. If you want more content like this, or just want to support what it is that we're doing, you can head over to yisodblocks.com, where you can subscribe for $9.99 a month and get access to a ton of other content that we've been sharing there for the last year already or so. And the best part about that deal is that you get to support something that you believe in. That's awesome. Uh, if you love this Torah and you want to help us spread it out into the world, you get to actually support it and help us to do that while also getting access to all of the Torah concepts in a much, much deeper way, ways that are literally uh, transformational uh, understandings, transformational perspectives, perspectives that change the whole way that we see ourselves and the whole world and bring the Torah to life and show how the Torah is actually real and not just this random religious set of dogmas that we just follow blindly without understanding and without really seeing what it is that it's for or what it does. So if you're, if you're enjoying this series, please head over there and you can support us by doing that. This episode, we're finishing off Siman Nun Aleph, which is the 51st section of Orachayim, the halachos in the Shulchan Aruch of the daily uh, things that we do, the daily halacha, daily things that we're supposed to do in our lives. And as always, our goal here is to try to illustrate the underlying spiritual concepts, underlying intangible aspects of the practical halacha that is expressed in the Shulchan Aruch. So if you're somebody who loves halacha, but you want to understand why it works the way that it works and how it actually is, how it how it expresses deep underlying principles of existence, uh, all the things that are found in Machshava and Kabbalah that are profound. So then this is how you get there. You go from the halacha all the way to the deeper underpinnings. And if you love spiritual things, you want to, and you just and you just don't know how to necessarily. Uh, live in a practical way, practical way that expresses those spiritual things. This is also the door to that because this is the exp- the practical expression of halacha is uh, perfectly aligned with the underlying truths of existence. So that's what we're exploring here. And this and the ending of Simanon Aleph is a it's the last halacha, and it's uh, it's halacha number nine halacha tet. And what it says is mizmor l'toda. Mizmor l'toda is one of the paragraphs that we say in Tzukei Zimra. So that's that's the name of the paragraph. It's called mizmor l'toda, and it basically means uh, it refers to what's this, the second, third, second, I think, paragraph uh, in Tzukei Zimra. As we discussed in the previous episodes, Tzukei Zimra is this section of the morning tefillah procedure that we do. Uh, the second stage of it is uh, it's these songs that we essentially say. We recite them. There's two different sections to it, uh, and it begins with a bracha called. Bar- it ends with another bracha called Yishtabach, and so there's a, there's this whole unit, this chunk. It's basically from beginning to end. You're supposed to say all of that together, and and then accumulate the ideas that are embedded in the songs that we're saying, and to then create thought triggers that lead to thought cascades of all these different ideas, and then actually lead to perceptual changes in the world of our data, the world of our perceptions. And so that's what Pesukei Zimmer is as a structure. And so now the Shulchan Aruch is zooming in on one particular paragraph here to make a specific point about it, uh, and that point is pretty striking, so let's just read it and see what it says. So again, Mizmor Toda, that paragraph that we just mentioned, Yesh le Omra ben Negina, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to say it, to recite it with like a tune, like to sing it. Shakola Shirot Atidot Libatel, because all other songs are, in the future, will become um, nullified, will become um, cancelled, essentially. Chutz Mizmor Toda, except for this one song of Mizmor Toda. In other words, this song is getting singled out here, and we're supposed to sing it in some kind of special tune whenever we say it every day, because it has a special status that it will actually continue to exist in the future while all other songs will get nullified. So what's the future here that we're talking about? So the, the, the structure, the timeline that we are in right now, the Torah map of existence is that there are essentially two phases 
to how existence is unfolding. And the phase that we're in right now, you could think of it as kind of like this temporary and even a little bit of an aberrational phase. In other words, a phase that's not really supposed to be. It is supposed to be to a certain degree, but there is some truth to the idea of it not really being supposed to be. And we've discussed this a little bit also in previous episodes in the sense that we have this particular problem now. It's called da tovara. Das tovara is essentially this this, the result, the outcome of eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Eitzadas Tovara, and eating from that tree changed us in a very fundamental way that now made us the way that we are. And so the world is on this trajectory towards undoing that and actually bringing us back to a state of higher clarity. The Eitzadas, what it does is it basically, it gives us this perceptual um, quirk, which is a pretty a pretty mild word to describe it, a perceptual quirk that we can actually develop perceptions as a function of our own preferences, as a function of our own conditioning, a function of our own habits. And then we can begin to evaluate the world through those self-generated perceptions, even if they deviate from the truth, from the truth of reality. And so we that, that's, that's when, you know, when we talk about living in your own world, or we see the world the way that we want, the, to, to, that we want to see the world or the way that we want the world to be, that's all of a reflection of this this capacity to develop perceptions of reality that are actually divergent from its truth and so and don't confuse that with the world of imagination in other words to imagine ideas of things that could be different from the way that they are that's the power of dimyon it's called it's the ability to actually take what we see about existence and then try to extrapolate ideas of what could be from what from what is what we're talking about now is actually applying our own constructed perceptions to what is and then not seeing what is but instead seeing things as we want to see them as a function of our own habits or preferences or conditioning that's what the tree of knowledge actually did to us and so the trajectory of existence is that we're moving out of that phase slowly over time and trying to get to the next phase which is a higher state of human existence in which there's no longer these distortions in our perceptual framework we actually see things as they are by the way the concept of death is an automatic outcome in the torah in parshas Barathees. when this when this tree of knowledge story happens the solution to the tree of knowledge story is actually the concept of death what death is is basically well after you ate from the tree of knowledge then now you are deeply intertangled with the the you, the 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 neshama and the body and the body's components are now deeply mixed together in a way that is very incoherent and disorganized and so what that leads to is there's a lot of confusion in terms of identifying, well, what am I exactly? And so a lot of what I talk about is to try to articulate how you are the neshama, you are the self, and that self is, is separate from the body to some degree. So that way we can kind of disentangle ourselves from this confusion and see ourselves as what we actually are, which is this neshama self that is an aspect of Hashem's larger consciousness. And then to use the body as an antenna, as like a channel to channel that self into the world. Now, the, the Torah map in its totality of what you are is that you are actually this total structure. You are the neshama and the body and, and all together in this larger structure that is paradoxically inclusive of that which is completely immeasurable and intangible, which is what you are on the neshama side, and that which is totally measurable and totally finite, which is you on the body side. And so you're this, this total structure, this total organism. But the Eitz creates a situation in which we start to confuse ourselves and thinking, well, actually, I'm just my emotions, or or, you know, my lived experience defines who I am, or I'm just my my thoughts, or I'm, I'm my intelligence, or I am my, my physical appearance. And 
we develop perceptions of ourselves in the background. Often when we're very little, also we develop a lot of these. Uh, and then we just have this way of apprehending ourselves, a self-image, an identity that is a function of all of these constructed perceptions that are then uh, interfering and blocking us from accessing the bigger truth of who we are and, and allowing us to organize that truth so we can access our neshama consciousness when we need to to expand our consciousness, so we can access our thinking in a clear way when we need to think clearly, so we can access our emotional state, so we can use our emotions for what they're meant to be used for. So the ability to actually coherently organize what it is that we are in our perceptual space to see ourselves clearly, that's what the Torah is about. And so this phase, the phase of what's called Olam Hazeh, is the is the the phase in which there is still death, and death is this this um, it's designed to help us disentangle, to actually separate the neshama out from the body, so we can actually identify. Okay, this is me, the neshama side, and the body is the antenna. It's the tool that I use, and then it prepares us to then be reconstituted, essentially to get rechanneled through a new body um, in the next phase, what's called Olam Haba, and that's an immortal phase because at that point in that stage there is no there is no longer any distortions that need to be corrected by us separating ourselves from our bodies so we're very used to the idea of death in in the world because we've been living with it for thousands of years and so the etadas tovara dynamic the perceptual uh, conditioning approach essentially means that we just acclimate and say okay i guess just death is like part of life but death is actually not something which has to be it's simply it's there it has a purpose we think of it as like it's just something which happens like our bodies eventually die the torah approach to death is that it is the natural outcome of this distorted relationship that we now have with our tools, with our body, and that in order to correct that and then allow us to come back into the context of existence, of practical time, space-time existence, we have to actually undergo death in order to sort of sift out what we are and clarify it, and then uh, we can kind of um, uh, return to the state in a higher level of being. And that's what Olam Haba is. And it's right here in this place uh, with a body that is not distorted in this way, with thoughts that are not distorted, with perceptual landscape that is not distorted in this way. And then there's no longer a need for death. And then we just live forever at, with a higher state of consciousness, evolving, living, and, and expanding uh, who we are in the world without all of the confusion and all the distortions. So those are the two phases, essentially. And the, fa the first phase, the Olam Hazef phase, is the one that we know very well because we're in it and we're used to it and our, and our Das Tovara constantly tells us this is what is normal, this is what should be. But in fact, this is actually just a very temporary state. It's a result of what happened in the story of the Eitzadas. And there's a much higher state of life that's going to last for much longer that is, again, not in heaven, not somewhere out there. We're talking about living here uh, with all of that clarity, with immortality, with... with um, constant depth, constant growth, constant balance of the body with the mind and with the self, and that integrated higher state of being is, it's coming soon uh, to the world. And so that's what this is talking about, this halacha is saying that in the future, so this one song is the song that will that will um, still continue and still perpetuate during that second phase. So we sing it now with a special tune that you can construct your own tune, but there are basically, you know, there's, there's different minhagim, but uh, different customs of how to do it. But you can just, the idea here that he's saying is to sing this song with a particular tune because this is the, this is the ultimate song. It's the song that will be there after all other songs are no longer necessary. Now, what does that mean? So we have to explain a little bit what music is and why there's only going to be one song in the future. So music is, uh, is something that you'll notice if you listen, if you'd like to listen to music it's it's very soothing in other words it's almost in a certain way it's kind of like tv like watching movies and things like that because what happens when you watch a movie or, or something on tv is that you are essentially 
you're you're experiencing something vicariously. So it's like living without living. So it's it's very entertaining. And entertaining doesn't just is not I don't mean like, oh I'm so entertained. Entertainment means that we are able to sit by passively while experiencing life as if we are living it while actually not doing anything. We're letting somebody else do it. So we're we're watching a, a movie and, and we see people living their lives and doing things, doing activities, and then we say, oh like now I feel like I'm doing something. I'm, I'm feeling the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the excitement, the despair of these characters, and that's the, those are the real qualities of the struggle of life that I am here to live, and now I can experience all that without actually doing it, and letting somebody else do it, and letting somebody else essentially hijack my mind and tell me what it is to think and what it is to feel, and then I can just sort of sit by and let my body, let my mind, let my feelings be triggered to think and feel all those things. And so again, I'm not, I'm not assessing now whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's that's what happens when we watch these types of entertaining uh, productions. And the same thing is true with music. Music also is it's this thing that I don't you know when when we listen to it. So it's not that we're like we're at, it's not like if you're creating music when you create music you're actually trying to create. Uh, a piece of art, a piece of a production of some kind. When you just listen to music, then essentially it's like it, music is it just it just moves you through different emotional states. You get emotionally triggered by it. It pulls you this way, that way, and it's it's essentially in a, in, in the same kind of way. It's instead of you actually um, accessing different perceptions and building feelings on your own, somebody else is basically triggering perceptual energy, perceptual flows inside of you uh, according to their own recipe. So you can basically like put yourself on autopilot and let the music do that itself. So the the way that that works is, and really both movies and music do this in the same way, movies convey the idea that there is a story to life, that we have this deep sense of we're going somewhere, we're doing something, there's a goal, and that's what that's what stories do in general. So a story is basically attracted to us because we sense that life is not just a random series of events that are disjoint and disconnected and have no meaning, but that they're actually going somewhere. There's some kind of trajectory, there's a pattern, there's somewhere that we're journeying towards, and that's what the neshama deeply intuits. And so that's why movies are very attractive, because it's like, well, I sense that the world actually has a story at the same time, the world does look very random, and it's a struggle sometimes to find the thread of the story in the in the world that we live in and in our own lives. Things seem dark, they seem random, they seem pointless, they seem like they're not going the way that they should go, and so we have this battle where we feel like invalidated in our intuition that there is some kind of story unfolding. And so when we watch a movie, it's very validating. It allows us to sort of let go of the battle and just experience the flow of the story on our own. And, and it's like, well, now, now I can just sit back and the world actually makes sense. And it's a very small world, it's just the world of this movie, but I can, I can delude myself temporarily into thinking this is actually reality. And look, reality actually does have a story. It is going somewhere. There's a good guy and a bad guy, and there's a, a, a purpose and, and, and a direction. And so that's what's so validating about watching a movie. The same thing is true with music. We have this sense that the world is, is, is organized, is rhythmic, that there's some kind of a purpose to it. And so when we hear music, and it essentially it validates that sense. And so the music is like this brief glimpse into a, a world of structure, a world of order, a world of patterns where things are, 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 are interconnected and actually have harmonious interaction where everything has its place. And so the rhythm of the song and the harmonious melodies of the song, uh, they, they, and the words of the song, which are also part of that, they're basically, they're, there's, they rhyme and there's a structure to them. So they all create this sense of there's, there's a structure and an order and a purpose to, to being, and I'm part of that. And so we can almost like let go of the struggle for the period that we're listening to this 
the song and just immerse ourselves in the in the flow and feel like yes i'm really i'm part of this story and we're going somewhere and there's something happening and when the song is over we feel kind of like like the same way as when a movie is over we feel like well what do we just do that we didn't actually we felt like we were so on track in a certain way but but then it's kind of gone now like it's a, nothing actually happened from it the reason is because the true struggle of life is actually find the story within our own lives within real life and and live out that story actively and to create that story to write your story and so when we get immersed in somebody else's story that that can be sometimes it can be validating it can be it can be uh, sustaining but it's not really um, it's not actually our real story so it can expose us to the story the energy um, but it's still not going to be a full discovery of the real story of our own selves and so what's happening in this halacha saying that Mizmoral Tadai is the, is the last song it's the it's the ultimate song is because in Olam Haba we will have this situation that will be very different from Olam Hazeh in one key way uh, there's a few key differences but this key difference is the is underlying this halacha which is that right now the um, the the way that life seems is that uh, because of the Eitzadas Tovara, so Hashem's presence as the background, as the backstory to existence is very muted. In other words, what's right in front of us is very loud, and the things that are intangible and, and the bigger story behind being is very quiet. And so that's also true when we explore other people. It's like it's very easy to objectify people and label them because the neshama, the consciousness, the self, is very easy to block out. And so the the thread here, the idea is that in Olam Haba, in the next phase, there will be this perfect balance in which all being will be very physical and very, very measurable in the way that it is now, but also we will feel the hum of Hashem's presence, the, the super consciousness behind all being, that will be experientially accessible at all times, constantly, without actually interfering with the awareness of the physical world, and the physical world won't, will also no longer block it out the way that it does now in our perceptions because of the Itzadas. So in the future, we will have this very high awareness of Hashem's presence manifest as all being, just like we will have the same awareness of other selves. It's almost like like being aware of this glow, this all-pervasive glow of the self that will be in all being. So the the idea of toda, uh, of saying, people usually translate toda as thank you, but toda really means to admit. In other words, if I'm saying toda, what I'm saying is I needed you to do this with me. I could not have done some. I could not have done this on my own. I needed your presence here uh, as a as an investor, as a as an input into the situation. And even though I like to think of myself and I like I experience myself in a distorted way as isolated, and there is just me and there is just you. But actually, we have a shared world and we have a shared self to a certain degree. And your involvement actually is what allowed me to achieve this. So what that's really doing is it's heightening my awareness that there's somebody else here and admitting them into my own conscious perception to actually think to myself, yeah, this person is actually a part of my story. And so that's actually the state of being of Olam Haba, the awareness that we are all part of the story. We are all, all, be, all, all selves, all neshamos are really part of one larger truth, and we're all extensions of Hashem's self, and He is the behind of all being, and He is the underpinning and the, the background of all being. And to admit that, and literally to admit means both to like, to admit like I admit that that's true, but also to admit means to let in. In other words, to let in that awareness. And so Mizmoral Tada is the ultimate song. It's a song of the future because that is the... Like in the future, there won't be music in the same way. In other words, if music is just a way for us to access this need, this yearning for the underlying order, the underlying story, the underlying pattern of existence, well, once you have that fully uh, with full awareness at all times, then you don't you won't want music because your your life will be music. Every second of your life will literally just be music. It will be the song of awareness of the journey that you are on and the story that you're living through. And you won't have to fight through this these perceptions of everything is fragmented, everything is random, everything is nothing. You won't have to fight those 
through those perceptions anymore because you won't have them. Those perceptions are distortions. And you'll see things as they actually are, that you'll see that things are actually all part of one large integrated story. And you'll have the awareness of Hashem's self that's behind all of that. And so that will be the, like you'll, your, your life will be a song at all times. You'll be in a constant state of that validation of that story trajectory that you are on. And that song that you'll feel is the song of the awareness of Hashem's presence as you're admitting Him into your being because that will be the way that we are designed, the way that our perceptions will, will be structured at that time will be to have Hashem's presence manifest to us in that way. So all of being will be that song. And that's the meaning of this halacha, that you're supposed to sing it because that's the song of the future. Uh, that's why we're trying to single that out to understand how all this is structured. So I hope that was clarifying and useful. Uh, I think it's very profound. It's a very deep set of ideas there. And it really can activate this particular paragraph from Sukkot Zimra. So, you know, think about that whenever you say those words. Uh, this is the way of the future, Mizmoral Toda. And that uh, can really be a gateway to beginning to develop that perception even now while you are in the state of Das Tovara, uh, which then prepares us even at, at higher rates of speed for the next stage of Olam Haba. So thanks again for joining. Check us out at yourselblocks.com where you can uh, subscribe and support what we're doing. And looking forward to having you join me for the next episode.